Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, so happy that you joined us. Um, we are Tanya Breland. And I'm Erica Leek. And this is our podcast, Why Is This So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. And in this podcast series, we really just take a look at um, issues. And um, we discuss those things that really keep prevent us from being socially just and free. So the goal here is to disrupt status quo um, of racial inequality and inequity in systems. And our goal is for each episode to just challenge us to be the change that we wanna see. Yeah, so today's topic is an interesting one, to cancel or not to cancel. <laughs> so uh, we kinda like the play on that because yeah. um, you know Erica loves Shakespeare. Love it. And uh, so, <laughs> although this is not Shakespeare, uh, we do not. have some, some interesting um, pieces of our conversation that we hope that you will chime in on and give us some feedback on. Um, so how do we want to start this one? So this is really about um, our current tendency to cancel people mm -hmm. around different things that might be said, particularly, it's really around what people say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, they might say this, or, you know, maybe we think that they're implying something, and then they get canceled. So whether that's, you know, kind of blowing up their social media, pulling endorsements, like whatever that looks like, depending upon the context, there is a fair amount of cancel culture that happens when people just, you know, say things that might be offensive, or that just might kind of violate what we think should be, um, it's our sense of decency maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about cancel culture, um, you know, what, what is considered offensive? And who decides what's offensive? I think that that's something that um, comes up often. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, and I think that's why that whole question around like, who decides what's offensive is a reason why, you know, the offender might just really take issues. Like, I, I either didn't mean it like that, or, you know, you're taking it out of context, or, you know, those kinds of things. So that's a really good question. So so who decides? And I, and I would say that, you know, we start with whatever marginalized community the comment is is directed towards. I feel like we start there. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, you know, how we define microaggressions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, microaggressions can be subtle or they can be intentional um, or unintentional. Uh, they can be um, statements that really reveal a bias. Yeah. And we'll talk about bias in, in another episode. But, um, you know, when a microaggression is stated in certain situations, mm -hmm. um, it's considered a microaggression because it, of the subtlety in it. Right. But sometimes cancel culture doesn't just address microaggressions, but also I would say macroaggressions sure, as well. Sure, sure, sure. So you're talking about microaggressions. So give an example of a microaggression. Well, this one, 
interestingly enough, I've heard, and I'm sure you might have heard it as well, um, there have been times in the past when I've spoken, um, and I have may have also spoken with other colleagues who were not black women, like, mm -hmm. or black woman like mm -hmm. me, and um, while they were also dynamic, um, I might get, um, you're so articulate. <laughs> and the implication is, and I didn't expect you to be that way, mm -hmm. or for a black girl. Mm -hmm. um, and that gets to be really interesting because that usually is not how they mean it, right. or they don't know that's how they mean it. Right. Um, and yet it can come across. But what, what I have found is that I might be getting that compliment and the others who spoke mm -hmm. didn't get that same compliment. Sure, sure. And they were also eloquent in their speaking. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's an implication behind that. And and even along those same lines, um, you know, my, my husband often shares a story of um, someone who asked him to describe himself and he, he was going to meet up with this person and he describes himself. And says, you know, I'm, you know, yay high, da 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 da, you know, bald head, and you know, and I'm, I'm black, blah blah blah, and you know, the woman says, oh, you, you don't do black speak, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not lying. This really did happen, and like to him, he said, to she him. said that to she him, said that to him, wow. and you know, ultimately, she was saying. You know, like, you don't sound like a black person mm -hmm, over the phone, mm -hmm. so I never assumed mm -hmm, you were black. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even statements like that. Now, obviously, this wasn't something that was publicized. Yeah. It's not like she was going to get canceled or anything. Right. But it was still, um, it still revealed bias, and ultimately, it was offensive. Yeah, and the challenge with microaggressions is that it sounds complimentary, right? It sounds mm -hmm. like a good thing. Like... I'm just saying you speak really well right. or, you know, but it's really the intention behind it. So what's behind that? Mm -hmm. The And what's behind that is we didn't expect you mm -hmm. to, you know, form your words correctly right. or, right. you know, to use, you know, standard English or whatever that is. Like we didn't expect that. And that is the challenge with microaggressions mm -hmm. because very often when you call somebody on it, call them in, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to call them out when you call them in to have that discussion about like, okay, so, so you said this, but this is the implication here. You know, very often the response is, I, you know, I didn't mean it that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, and they may not have, right. but to understand kind of what is right. underlying, you know. And, and I think if the statement is, um, you know, you're really articulate, I loved how you expressed X, Y, Z, or how you explain something that, yes. I, you know, that was a revelation to me or something along yes. those lines. If it's accompanied by that, it's um, less likely to be felt as a microaggression. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. And so, so now that we've covered the microaggression territory, right? So we're going to go back to this idea of canceling someone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's start with a microaggression. So somebody says to you, you know, you, you're really articulate. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect here, but you are so articulate. I'm so glad I came here. Thank you for sharing what you have to share, whatever, you know, a workshop mm -hmm. or so what do you do? Do you cancel that person? I usually don't. Okay. No, I, I usually don't take that approach. Um, I just, 
personally don't really feel that um, cancel culture solves the problem. Sure. Um, I, I, I understand why endorsements might be pulled because, you know, uh, companies may say, uh, I don't want my, um, my brand associated with, you know, someone who has views that are, that depart from the views that our company holds. So I understand them saying that, but I think what happens along with that, it's not just, we're going to pull you from our endorse, pull our endorsement from you, but it often is. And now the rest of society is going to demonize you and maybe even dehumanize sure. you um, in this whole cancellation process. And I don't think that solves the problem. No. And I think that, you know, if someone makes a racist statement, for example, um, that's a problem that they made that racist statement. But do they even understand what made it racist? Mm -hmm. You know, do they even care mm -hmm. who was harmed or mm -hmm. hurt? by the statement? Do they understand, you know, that perhaps those statements, um, you know, they need to think about like, you know, um, you know, what it does to groups of people mm -hmm. and how, mm -hmm. how it may dehumanize or devalue groups of people. And I think like those are the kinds of things that you really want to happen mm -hmm. with someone who makes a statement that could be um, racist in, in some way. You really want there to be an opportunity for reflection sure. and for change mm -hmm. um, or repentance, you know, sure. kind of yeah. turning away from, if you will, turning away from those statements that are harmful um, and really having a, a broader viewpoint about, you know, groups of people. Yeah. I think the challenge with a microaggression is that they are micro and they yes. happen, it happens so often. And so, you can't address everything. Like you wear yourself out, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so then what happens? So literally people in marginalized groups really start to pick like, okay, I'm not gonna even say anything about that, um, but I'm gonna, you know, I, I can't tolerate this over here, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, yeah. and that is part of the challenge with, with um, I think being in a marginalized group. But I think the, so, so the other question then is, is it ever okay to cancel someone? Like, is it ever okay? So it, it all depends on what we mean when we say that they're canceled. canceled. Does that mean that they have no redemptive qualities whatsoever and that they can never come back from what they've done? So they might have redemptive qualities, but I'll never know because I don't want them around me. Right, right. <laughs> I want them around me. I mean, right. like your original question was like, what do I do mm -hmm. if someone says a microaggression? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying that I want them to be my friend, mm -hmm. but I may say, especially if I have a relationship with them, mm -hmm. I'll use that as an open door, the relationship mm -hmm. as an open door to be able to, to help them understand sure. why that might be a microaggression. Sure. So, you know, something that we that we get a lot. And I remember some, you know, some years ago having a conversation with someone who I did see as my friend and she was um, basically talking about um, her her children not um, you know having black friends she was a white woman and she was talking about her children having black friends but you know not wanting to address or, or notice that the friends were black mm -hmm. and I said actually you know that's something that is 
okay for yeah. you to help your children notice because yeah. um, it's not a secret you yeah, know right um right. and it's not something that that we can hide um and we don't want to that's like right. you know I, I want my blackness to be seen if mm -hmm. you will and so i was able to have that conversation with her rather than feel like she was like saying something that was a microaggression or invalidating a part of my identity which often happens with microaggressions mm -hmm. Um, and so I was able to have that conversation and she felt enlightened mm -hmm. and, and thanked me for that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we continued to be friends, you know, and so that was, that was a really um, great moment, I would mm -hmm. say. But oftentimes, you know, statements may come from people who are not friends. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit more of a challenge. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle that? So I probably along the same lines, I mean, if, if it's a friend of mine mm -hmm. and it, you know, there's a microaggression, but we will have a conversation because the truth is, this is my friend and I don't want my friend to one believe I, like I want my friend to know, but I also don't want them to be in a position to offend someone else because uh, it could go very wrong. They may not have the grace mm -hmm. um, that other person may not give them the grace or you know, or even sort of provide the explanation as mm -hmm. to like why this is microaggressive. So it, if it's a friend of mine, I probably will have like have a conversation. And if it's a really good friend of mine, it, it wouldn't be so awkward because I talk about race to my friends, sure. you know, sure. white and black and Hispanic, like we just have these conversations. So, so I think that's really important. I think you talked about relationship earlier and I think mm -hmm. relationship is huge mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and you know the other thing is that if something is said and I'm angry about it I kind of wait like like maybe I can't talk about it just then because my disposition isn't right it's not going to come out right and it's right. not going to come out in a place right. to help that person mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. it may turn into an argument and that really isn't the the purpose like I want them to be in a place where they can hear me and I can hear them mm -hmm. and we can have a conversation. So I think that's, that's probably how I'd handle it with a, with a friend. With someone that I don't know, yeah. so like, you know, after a, a workshop or, or, or in a position where someone says something to me and I don't really know them well, yeah, I just try to handle that delicately. So, you know, you said this, and, and this has happened, you know, with us in, in, sessions, training sessions, professional learning opportunities where someone has said something and it is, it's so offensive. Mm -hmm. um, and we just really dial it back a little bit. You know, sometimes we'll say, you know, we just want to challenge you on this. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is what you said, but this really is the implication, right. you know, um, and we try to do it in, um, in love, but also in respect. Mm -hmm. and, and we're understanding that they're bringing us here because training is necessary. Right. So this person is saying this out of a place, uh, truly out of a place of ignorance. Like they really don't know. Mm -hmm. So I think to U extend usually. grace. Usually. Usually. <laughs> usually. Sometimes people know. Uh -huh. Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes they, they know. know, you know, but, um, but that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. we, 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 um, We've extend had grace walk out on us we've had people mm -hmm. walk out mm -hmm. we've, yeah. we have we offended have. because we you know want to talk about a topic that makes them uncomfortable yeah 
That's a whole nother topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we'll have to do it. We'll have to do a, a podcast on that. Yes. At some point. Being triggered. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. But yeah. I think even in that space, though, you know, people are grappling with ideas and concepts around race and culture and gender that they just have been have not had to really deal with. They've right. been able to walk away or turn off the TV or turn the station or whatever it is that they do, mm -hmm. they've been allowed to avoid it. And when they get to a place where they're no longer allowed to avoid it, mm -hmm. then, you know, that flight instinct, mm -hmm. you know, takes over. But that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yes, it's it true. Is. Because ultimately, yes, you know, we have a job to do, mm -hmm. you know, and our job really is about, you know, educating and, and teaching um, which we're always going to be teachers. We're not in classrooms like we were years ago, but we're always yeah. teachers at, yeah. at the core. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really a lot mm -hmm. of like what drives what we do. Yeah. You know, the teacher in us right. says, you know, like we know that you can learn something new and learn something different that might actually, um, cause you to think differently mm -hmm. or to kind of reflect on your own thinking. Right. Um, and I think that that's something that we will continue to do as we yes, go through we will. this. Yes, we will. But society, you know, really, um, society is hard on people. Mm -hmm. Society has no grace. No grace. No, no grace, grace whatsoever. None. There's never an opportunity to forgive someone. Yeah. I mean, they will go, society mm -hmm. will go so far as to pull up something that someone said or did decades before. Yeah. Yeah. And because that was something that they did decades before, right. they're quick to say, we need to cancel these individuals. Yeah. Yeah. I think in that respect, like social media and technology, it's both a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. So I think the blessing is there are things that have been exposed and that's a good thing, right? So we would have never seen the horrific murder of, you know, George um, Floyd if we... It, if it were not for social media and technology. Mm -hmm. And that needed to be exposed. Mm -hmm. Like that needed to be, we, you know, even though it was really hard for us to see it and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I got triggered when I, when I saw it, but it was important for, I think the nation to see kind of what was happening in the relationship between, you know, um, law enforcement and, and, and black men in particular. But the challenge is like, that same, you know, technology that exposes, exposes, Yes. right? Yes. And so when things are exposed, when everything is exposed, like being able to sift through like, okay, so what do we react to? What becomes this thing that, you know, we react to and create a movement and what becomes something that we just cancel this person on? Mm -hmm. like. Like, is there a place where this becomes a witch hunt, I mm -hmm. guess, is the question. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I do kind of struggle with it because mm -hmm. I, I still think it's good for us to know. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. once we know, then what? Mm -hmm. Like, is the knowing for us to cancel people? Is the knowing for us to, you know, you know, strip this person of their whatever's, their authority mm -hmm. or their influence? Or is the knowing for us to say, like, this still exists mm -hmm. and we really need to work through this as a society together. Right. You know, right. I think it was um, in um, Breland's interview with um, 
um, Gail King where he talked about council culture over cancel culture, mm -hmm. which I that still rings in my head because it's so um, necessary, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about how um, oftentimes when, you know, a, a facet of society cancels, you know, someone for something that they said, there's a, no, a whole nother group of folks yeah. who are going to come to that person's support. That's right. And they then miss the message of what happened that in. might have been wrong. That's right. Um, and that person very well might still be elevated or might, you know, sell more movie tickets or sell more, you know, records or, you know, I'm aging myself with the records, um, <laughs> you know, sell more right. streams, if you will, mm -hmm. and, and or um, whatever it is. And because society, there's a part of society that says, well, we don't like the fact that you were canceled. And so we're going to rally sure. behind you. And they never, they missed the message That's right. of what went wrong in the first That's place. Right. You know, so we often, there's cancel culture oftentimes around people saying the N word. Mm -hmm. And that one, you know, will get somebody canceled in a heartbeat. And as a black person, I don't want anyone saying the N word. Right. I've been called the N word. It's extremely offensive. It is triggering. It you know it likens back to or harkens mm -hmm. back to a time mm -hmm. that um, you know society was um, it was entirely acceptable right. um, to be called an N word mm -hmm. if you were a, a black person, and so for me, you know that could be very triggering. However, if someone is using the N word, um, I think there's an opportunity to have some conversations with them. Helping them to understand and peel back the layers of society. Because ultimately what we're talking about is uh, a, a form of dehumanizing mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And how many people want to be known as dehumanizers? Sure. You know, I, right. I, most people would not mm -hmm. say, yeah, yeah, I would love to be, be considered mm -hmm. a dehumanizer. No one mm -hmm. wants to be considered yeah. a dehumanizer. Yeah. Um, but they may not realize how the words that they say or the actions that they take can be dehumanizing mm. to groups of people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think being able to, like you said, educate them and provide them that information is, is helpful. The N-word is challenging though, isn't it's it? very challenging. Right, because it's a lot of music and you know, people are like, I was just, I was just rapping or right. I was just singing a right. song. Right. It's like, well, maybe you can't sing that song mm -hmm. or that mm -hmm. part of the song or something like that, mm -hmm. you know? But I, but I think even being able to to get into a conversation and, and say like, so there's, there's a really complex history here. Yes. Um, but I think once you cancel people, you lose the ability to, to have the conversation right. and to, to really sort of, and I think it's true, people do get dug in. So we're seeing that now with um, the Dilbert creator mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, he went on this rant and um, you know, I think it was like newspapers kind of, you know, stopped printing or publishing his new strip mm -hmm. because of some of the things that he said. And we're talking about newspapers. And what I find interesting about that, and I, I, I don't know that I don't know that I necessarily think that they should have not published Dilbert because it is a charming cartoon. But, but I think the point is like this is a newspaper. Like what kinds of opportunities do you have 
to, to educate people. What kinds of opportunities do you have to enter into a conversation? Like, do you know how, you know, do you know why what you said was offensive? Like, mm -hmm. like, do you know? Because I think one of the things he said was, you know, I, I identified as black because I'm, I believe in a winning team or it was like something like that. So that was one of the things that was one of the things that, that mm -hmm. he said. Um, and now he's not because some poll said that black people, um, what was it? It was an opinion poll. Yeah. Um, that said something about, um, I guess black people either not agreeing with the statement mm -hmm. about, you know, is it okay to be white mm -hmm. or something along those lines I really would have to go back and like, and because of that it. poll, He's yeah, like, oh, I'm done now. Right, or... with, with helping black people or something. Right. And I don't know, what you know, whatever he said, I don't know that he took the time to think about what is going to be the impact. Yeah, yes, yes. So, you know, we yes. often talk about intent versus impact. impact. Yes. So I don't know what his intent was mm -hmm. because I don't know mm -hmm. him. I've never had a conversation mm -hmm. with him. Um, but I wonder if he thought about the impact of his statement yeah. on groups of people, i.e., in this case, mm -hmm. black people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that a lot of times people think that if their intent wasn't to harm, then it shouldn't be a problem. Right. That's well, I, right. Didn't I didn't mean to mean, say right. something that was offensive, or I didn't right. mean to hurt a group of people, and therefore, you know, there should be no consequences yes. for how I, you know, conducted myself mm -hmm. or what I said. Um, rather than, it could be, for example, it could, and this is a little bit different, but it could be from a gender perspective, mm. it could be the way that a man may compliment a woman that they see. Mm. And the intent is to let that woman know that they, you know, look good, but the impact, impact. was, it was offensive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so how then, you know, how then do we move forward in a productive and healthy way. And I think that's kind of at the heart of this, you know, cancel culture question, you know, like how do we move forward with being able to address something that is um, negative and has an impact of hurting individuals or groups of individuals? Like how do we help move forward with that? So I think that's a good question, right? Because we started off talking about microaggressions, but when, it, when they become macro aggressions, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So they're blatant, um, blatantly offensive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the kind of thing that you just cannot ignore. Mm -hmm. You can't say, I'm not gonna deal with that. Like you, as a member of a marginalized community, you have, you have to say something. I think that's maybe the start. I think you start with saying something. Mm -hmm. I think you start with a response to it even if their response isn't necessarily in the moment. Because I, I, I have an issue with, you know, just sort of speaking out of, out of anger, because I think it creates other challenges, right? Mm -hmm. Plus so, you haven't had the time to process yes, through it. That's right, that's right. Angry. That's right, so do we, um, so then I, I, think you, I think you respond to it. Um, but I think, I, I think there are times when you have to really consider sort of removing this person from whatever position of influence or authority they might have, particularly if what they do like impacts lives, mm -hmm. like if they have like a really far reach. Mm -hmm. And in this case, Dilbert has a really far reach. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a national 
institution really. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, do we allow this? Um, if, if we continue to publish this, does that mean that we're in agreement with this statement? Right. Um, so, so I, I, I do understand that, but I think the response is, is first, like, we don't agree with this mm -hmm. and, and here's why. Um, but I do wonder about other effective responses. Right. So I right. think the first thing is to respond sure. in, in some way. Um, but what might be the next step, do mm -hmm. you think, in terms of the response? Well, it's funny, as you were talking, I was thinking about like, you know, where is there room or is there room for restoration? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like how can people, you know, be restored back to a place of, um, you know, being visible again, if you will. Sure. Um, After being canceled, you mean? Right. Oh, okay. Once they've been mm -hmm. canceled, right. Mm -hmm. Like where do they get to reenter society, sure. if you will? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, is there room for restoration? I also, you know, so, you know, we often talk about our identity and, you know, an aspect of our identity is, you know, being Christian. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a tenet of Christianity or a pillar in Christianity is really forgiveness. Forgiveness, that's right. And so it doesn't mean you forget, you know, but forgiving means that I'm not carrying that around anymore, right. the offense that you've, that you've done. And, and because forgive, lack of forgiveness really doesn't help the individual, mm -hmm. it helps Mm -hmm. it, it hurts you more than anything because right. it becomes a weight. That's right. Um, and so it's like, you know, how does society, you know, address an issue and bring about um, restoration? And is there room for forgiveness ever? You know, we claim to be a country built on Christian principles. Like we hear that, you know, I, I don't know if they still tout that, but I mm -hmm. heard that a lot growing sure. up. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a principle. Mm -hmm. So is there room for forgiveness? Um, and, you know, there may be some folks who might be angry at you and me for saying, for even suggesting that when someone has been blatantly offensive to us as either, you know, um, either black people or as women or, you know, um, people in society who, who um, may be deemed marginalized, mm -hmm. if you will, um, or have been at the margins of society, we may, some folks may say, What's the matter with you? There's no room for forgiveness. There's no room for restoration. Yeah. You know, if somebody says something offensive, that's it for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not so sure. And I wonder, you know, what you think about this, really, because, you know, we, we've talked about like how society looks at, you know, these issues. Mm -hmm. Is it the right thing? You know, that's, I think that's part of the I think question. that's the question. Mm -hmm. I think what's the right thing? Are there degrees to this? Mm -hmm. Are there, you know, sort of gradations of responses and, and forgiveness? Like what does, what does that look like? I don't know that we've necessarily solved it. We'll we probably have to do a part two at some point yeah. of, of, yeah. of this, um, this episode on cancel culture. But I do think that that's, I think reach and influence has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. But I also think, you know, people, still because we're not a society that's openly talking about you know race and gender and sexuality and culture you know we will continue to be um, triggered mm -hmm. by statements and actions that offend marginalized groups you mm -hmm. know in in those areas and i think until we get to the place where we're openly talking about it mm -hmm. we will always have these 
these episodes of 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 um, of offense. Yes. You know, and um, marginalization. Mm -hmm. So we really invite you to join this conversation yeah. um, with us. Really interested to hear what you have to say mm -hmm. and you know your ideas and your opinions on on cancel culture, to cancel or not to cancel. That's the question. That's the question. Thank you again for joining, joining us. I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. And hope to see you next time.